Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 71, Agenda 2030, Part 1. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the only show that tells you the secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Zena. Are you ready to swallow the red pill? We are ready today. How do you like our new studio, Zena? I love it. It's so cute. Well, we're going to try this format out. We're wanting to improve things, and we just thank you for uh, accommodating us here. We had to get a little lighting cues and settings <laughs> done. But we're ready to roll with our third episode of this season. Okay. Right? Season three. And of course, our first year was season one, but it was a short year because we started in September. Very true. So I'm calling each season at the beginning of January because it's easier for me <laughs> to remember. So this is actually episode 71 tonight. Whoa. And we mark a milestone here. I'm going to, uh, by the time people um, will hear this podcast, uh, I will have been on Coast to Coast with George and Nori for the fourth time, mm -hmm. which is going to be tonight. So. How exciting. So when you hear this, I've already been on the show, but you could go to their website, Coast to Coast AM, if you want to go back and listen to the uh, recording of that interview. But um, yeah, this is going to be fun. And then we have, um, uh, I guess we're going to start installing show notes oh. on the podcast so people can see. Uh, you'll be able to see the Bible references and any links. If they were in this episode, you can see the links and click on them. So we're trying to give you more, more information. That's awesome. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, except today we're going to talk about something that's a little bit sinister. Ooh, what are we talking about? We're talking about, have you ever heard of Agenda 2030? Nope, does not ring one bell. Does not ring one bell. Well, most people probably don't know a whole lot about it. Um, it is something that the... in con coordination with the United Nations, mm -hmm. and something called the WEF, the World Economic Forum. Nope. Most people don't know about that. I do not. Yeah. It's it's not a government agency. It's sort of like a, well, it's part of the satanic global elite, quite frankly, Zena. That's why I don't know about it. <laughs> exactly. We don't traffic in those uh, circles, do we? No, no. We don't want those viruses. <laughs> That's right. They're viruses, all right. <laughs> Well, so Agenda 2030 is something that the World Economic Forum is trying to push uh, using the UN as well, the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And it's also being referred to, you might have heard the term, and some of our listeners might have heard it, the Great Reset. Yes. You've heard of that. Okay. So it's the Great Reset as a part of it. And they kind of um, seized on the opportunity when the pandemic came along. They thought, okay, it's a perfect opportunity. And they believe in some things that seem pretty good on the surface until you look closer. 
So we're going to start by reading their own words from their websites. This is going to come from the UN website. Okay. We'll read it. We're going to discuss a little bit of Agenda 2030 and kind of inform people about what two sides are saying about it. Then we'll go to the scriptures and we'll see if there's some mysteries to be had. Okie dokie. You got it. So from the UN website, we read, Echoing Human Security Principles, the 2030 Agenda, and the, the, the number 2030 is a year. They said so we're in 2022. So their goal is in seven years, they want to accomplish these things by the year 2030. Oh, that's good. So, that's awesome. <laughs> right. The 2030 <laughs> Agenda for Sustainable Development, that sounds great, doesn't it? Uh, emphasizes a world free of poverty, hunger, disease, and want, free of fear and violence. Well, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, that sounds great. Wouldn't that be wonderful? With equitable and universal access to quality education, health care, and social protection. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Access to safe drinking water and sanitation. Who doesn't want that? Where food is sufficient, safe, affordable, and nutritious. Where habits are safe, resilient, and sustainable. And where there is universal access to affordable, reliable, and sustainable energy. Basically, they want a utopia. Okay. Right? They want a perfect world, a world system. Well, they believe that what's holding us back from all that doesn't have anything to do with human nature or sin or whatever. They think it's nations. They think if we just got rid of all the nations and had one government we could accomplish all this because right now different nations disagree and they fight sometimes and they have diplomatic relations can break down and whatever. And they squabble in the UN meetings. Right. So their belief is we can achieve this. And they say, uh, continuing from their website, it calls for development strategies that result in resilient societies where people are safe from chronic threats, such as abject poverty hunger, disease, violence, and repression, and protected from sudden and harmful and hurtful disruptions in their daily lives. So this sounds on the surface like, oh boy, we all want that, right? What they plan to do to get there is the problem. The elimination of the nation state, the elimination of sovereign nations and governments, and a single global government to control what you can do. And ultimately, their, their um, aim is to bring about, essentially, communism. Communism controls it all. We control everything. So uh, I'll have links for this if people want to click to see this website, but it's from the UN.org, and this is there. Now, it looks really good, but when we talk about the arm that's trying to implement these things mm-hmm. is the World Economic Forum. Now, that was founded in 1971 by a Swiss man named Klaus Schwab. Um, I've got a picture of him here. People can't see him, but he looks weird to me. Uh, (laughs) Here, I'll let you see it, Zena. That's Klaus Schwab. Yeah, well then. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this reference that we're going to read next comes from the WorldEconomicForum.org, WEForum.org, and it's really their own... Um, mention is that he's the guy that's trying to implement all this. Yeah. Um, so what is Agenda 2030 from the perspective of those that are not uh, in bed with it, those who think there's something wrong with it? Well, they there's a group that says it's a rebranding of Agenda 21 
by the United Nations and has nine basic tenets. So in other words, it's the same old agenda as Agenda 21. Had you ever heard of Agenda 21? I did not. Yeah, I hadn't either until I started doing some research. But here's how they plan to implement Agenda 21 through Agenda 2030. It's just a new name because evidently they didn't reach it by 2021. Nope. Yeah, it didn't get to where they were going. So it's just got a new name, but here's how they're going to make all these great things happen. First, move citizens off of private land and into urban housing. Not going to happen. So you wouldn't own your own home. <clears throat> Create vast wilderness spaces inhabited by, I like this, large carnivores. <laughs> Like what? Tigers? <laughs> you know, vast wilderness spaces. So in other words, protecting the environment at the cost of human, you know, expansion and habitation. Yeah. Eliminate cars and create walkable cities. Now, I'm all for great planned communities. You know, yeah. I've, I've visited the Netherlands where they have really cool uh, public transportation and their trains and things like that. And um you really, every neighborhood kind of has everything you need. It's almost like if you've ever been to New York City and each block has a high rise and at the bottom are all the shops and then people live above it. Yeah. So you can pretty much walk to anything you need. So Europe has well-structured communities like that, whereas we live in Texas, right? You drive from Yeah, miles. I'm thinking like, how are you going to get, no, none of these farmers are going to leave <laughs> their land. Well, they won't be asked to leave. It'll just be confiscated. By this agenda, so yeah. I don't think you want to do that in Texas. I don't think you do either. The next item on the list of Agenda 2030 is support chosen private businesses with public funds for sustainable development. Well, you got to define what that means. Yeah, and which private business gets chosen. Exactly. So you're going to see some sort of elitism and exclusion yes. going on. And then they say making policy decisions that favor the greater good over individuals. I don't like the sound of that at all. Me either. You know, your right to individuality is a God-given thing. But the greater good, you know, yeah. puts the state above the individual, which is essentially communism. In American way of thinking, with our Constitution and our, well, we, why we fought for liberty, we believed in the value of the individual that the individuals is greater than the state. Yeah. With like Soviet Russia, the state was supreme and the individuals served the state. Well, we don't want that. No. But Klaus Schwab does, right? Oh, Klaus, Klaus Schwab, stay <laughs> wherever you're at. Stay where you are, right? <laughs> Drastically reduce the use of power, water, and anything else that creates carbon pollution. I'm not opposed to that because as I'm becoming an adult... Mm -hmm. Water, leaving the water running is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> leaving your lights on is expensive. So conservation is what you're talking about. That's yes. a good thing. Yes. We should all conserve any resource. Yes. Totally agree with that. Being forced to reduce it to a level that somebody dictates is right for you? Maybe you know, not. I like to let my shower warm yeah. up. I'm not just going to hop in and take a cold shower because it's convenient for everybody else. Don't we all? <laughs> That's the truth. So what if they said you can't have hot showers? Then I guess I'm going to be one smelly gal. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see where this is going. Yeah. It's control over your life, you know. Then they say there's three more. Use bureaucracies to make sweeping decisions outside of democratic processes. Excuse me? We can't vote anymore. You're going to assign bureaucrats who are so efficient at doing everything, right? Yeah. To tell us what's best for us. 
That's the problem we have in this country and Europe right now. Bureaucrats are making asinine decisions Mm -hmm. for us and making everybody worse for for the where. Look at your state representatives. Yes, exactly. And they're not bureaucrats. See, that's what I mean. We voted for them, and you can vote them oh. out. You can't vote out a bureaucrat. I know, but sometimes the I people know. that we vote for, I'm like, come on, guys. Really? <laughs> Did you think that one through? Exactly. And then here comes my favorite. Increase taxes, fees, and regulations. Yay. To pay for all this. Awesome. Like we're not already taxed enough. Yep. And then here's the most sinister one of all. Implement policies meant to incentivize a reduced population. They want to reduce the population of the planet because they think we've got too many people. We're back to that Malthusian way of thinking, and it's essentially population control. So I don't like the idea of, you know, controlling the population, Mm -hmm. but I do understand that there are, you know, a lot of children in our foster systems Mm -hmm. that are not, you know, getting adopted that are, you know, in and out of jail because... Let's be quite honest, um, there's not enough workers for CPS, so these children are being failed. And I think that, I think there should be some sort of regulation, Mm -hmm. you know, stating, I don't know, I feel like that's such a, what I want to say, I can't say because it's such a... Uh, touchy sit, subject. Yeah, such a touchy subject and sensitive subject. But I think I know where you're going with that, and I think I would agree with you that we have a societal problem yeah. with children that are not wanted yes. being raised in a way that's not productive for them or healthy yeah. for them. Uh, but does is the answer to basically depopulate people that are already living? Like who's going to decide oh. who lives and who goes? Okay. No, yeah. not necessarily. <clears throat> I wouldn't say depopulate mm-hmm. people i think that's a big no-no but yeah yeah reducing the population is different than say wanting to create an organization to help underprivileged children yes you know to help them make the best of their lives because yeah. they didn't choose to be born and they didn't choose to be in a situation where their parents very might true. have abandoned yeah, them or very, whatever very, very true. so that's a different thing so We're talking about basically things like forced sterilization or genocide, Mm. where you would actually go in and kill all the unwanted. And that means somebody has to be chosen to be the unwanted. Well, dog. Or the othering, yeah. So this, by the way, is a website that uh, gave us this information. It's called raptureready.com, and I'm going to put a link there as well. So it's the pro and the con, yeah. the, you know, the, the, uh, the neutral view, or I should say the pro view coming from the UN and the World Economic Forum. But then somebody that digs a little deeper and looks past the facade of the pie in the sky utopian ideology there and says, well, how are we going to get there? You know. So tie this in to some things we've talked about before and what's really going on right now. Uh, as this pandemic happened, Billionaires got $8 trillion richer over the last couple of years. Trillion, which is a thousand billion. One trillion is a thousand billion. That's how much money that is. I'm like, how? I got poor. (laughs) Most of us probably did. (laughs) And the U.S. Congress is calling on the Federal Reserve to create a digital dollar so there's no more paper money, there's no more way to you and I can you know, have transactions without using their digitally controlled currency. 
which is leaning towards that mark of the beast kind of thing. Yeah. And they're pressuring the EU to do the same thing. You know, we got America and then the EU is, you know, we're 300 something million people. The EU is around 474 million people, all the nations of Europe. So they comprise a large, uh, well, I guess the majority of the so-called West, Western world or leading the Western world. And ultimately they want to get to the point where you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Basically, the government will own everything and you will just lease it. You'll pay to use it, your home, your electricity. And for all we know, they'll start charging you to breathe air. You know, I'm not here <clears> for it. Yeah. I want to own my own home. Yeah. And own your own car and own your yeah. own stuff. Like, and what's the whole point of, like, making money to, all, like, to always rent something? Like, well, if they can <sighs> get rid of the dollar and use digital currency, then you work your job Everything goes into a digital account, and the government takes what they want from you uh, for the bills. They'll they'll provide you the electricity. They'll provide you the water. They'll tell you what temperature your shower can be. They'll tell you what temperature your home can be. They'll tell you what you can eat, what you can grow nope. or not grow. It's communism, basically. Is there going to be anywhere that I can live that's, that's not going to happen? <laughs> well, ultimately, I would argue, and that's where we're going to get into the Bible mystery side of this, is that all of this would fit perfectly into the world's system, being st the stage being set for the Antichrist to come. And I think that's what's happening. And by the way, these last bits uh, I pulled from winepressnews.com. So that's another website that uh, you can go to, and I'll put the, the links in the show notes for later. So let's go see if there's anything in the Bible that was attempted to be like this in okay. the past, and how did that turn out? You know, we've already seen that socialism, which ultimately leads to communism, um, has failed in most places. Every socialist state, for the most part, uh, purely socialist state or communist state, has, has been destroyed economically. People say, oh, Europe is socialist, but they're not. They have socialist um, democracies, but they use capitalism to create revenue. Like, you know, Sweden is a socialist nation, but they build cars. They build... Uh, airplane engines, mm -hmm. you know, they have tourism, whatever. So when you want to compare things to Sweden, you're not comparing oranges to oranges here. Yeah. Because they, they have profit motive. Capitalism is, you can own things, you know. Now they're heavily taxed and heavily regulated for their socialism, but they're also a much smaller homogenous country. And we're a much bigger, broader, expansive kind of population here. We're the melting pot. We're every yeah. type, you know. So uh, we're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 10. And we're going to see this was tried before, but we're going to start with, you know, any system that has to be all controlling <clears throat> is going to have someone in charge. Yeah. Now, they talked about bureaucrats to get around democracies in Agenda 2030. Well, ultimately, what a bureaucracy is going to turn into is a dictatorship. So you're going to have a king who runs everything. Somebody's going to get enough power to be in control. An emperor, uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody is going to be in control. So this was tried before in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 6. We're given a genealogy of the world's um, population started again under Noah. So you had Noah and his wife, and you had his three sons and their wives. And one of the three sons was a man named Ham. And the sons of Ham were Cush and Mizraim and Put and Canaan. And those names, by the way, became nations. Mizraim became Egypt. Mm 
Put became Libya. Cush became Ethiopia. So those were three countries in Africa, North Africa. And then Canaan, we know about the land of Canaan, which yeah. later became Israel. But remember who occupied that land before the Israelites got there? It was the giants, mm -hmm. right? So those were the sons of Ham, and the sons of Cush were Seba and Havilah and Sabta and Reama and Saptika, funny names. Yeah. And the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan, as Sheba became Arabia. And Cush begat Nimrod. Remember that guy? Yes. We talked about Nimrod before. Uh, he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a king and probably a hybrid, probably a Nephilim type human angel hybrid. Uh, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the word Nimrod literally means rebel. He rebelled against God. And we're going to see how he did it in just a moment because it says the beginning of his kingdom in verse 10. This is Genesis 10. In uh, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech and Akkad and Kalne in the land of Shinar. So the land of Shinar is what we would call Iraq today. But at one point it was Babylon. Ooh. And Babel is the city that became known as Babylon. Mm -hmm. So when we see that the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, we can go see how that city evolved in chapter 11. And we've read this before when we talked about the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. So I'll read it again for the sake of our listeners who might not have heard previous episodes. Verse 1, the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. In other words, they were building material. They were baking bricks. Uh, <clears throat> and they had brick for stone, and they had slime for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Somebody I read wrote that the slime they used for mortar was actually bitumen. And it is um, similar to like tar. And it's the same thing that Noah coated the ark with to make it waterproof. Really? As though they were planning for maybe God to stop them with another flood. Because they remember, we're not that far removed from the flood the first time. Yeah. So here they are on the other side of the flood saying, well, in case this happens again, we better seal this thing up. Yeah. Right? So they had slime for mortar, and they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They're unified, like a one-world government. Mm -hmm. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. We almost have no idea of what it would have been like to live in a world where language was so diverse that there wasn't a common language mm -hmm. that everybody understood, really until the Greek empire and Greek became a common language for the average person around the world. Uh, and that would have been like in the time of Jesus Christ before that happened. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. 
And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And then that was replaced for a while by Latin, and that was through the Roman Empire. Yeah. And then when the Roman Empire fell, basically the nations of Europe came out of that. Uh, By the way, do you ever heard the term romance languages? No. Romance languages. It sounds like they're romantic. Yeah. Right? But it comes from Rome. So the languages that divulged, that uh, evolved, I should say, from the Roman Empire are languages like French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian. Those are the Latin Romance languages. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're called that. Now, there were other languages and other nations that came out of that, Germany and English and England and whatever. But that that's why they were called the Romance languages. So it, they came from Rome. Okay. And sometimes when you study Latin, you can see the origins of a lot of modern Romance languages like Italian and Spanish and French, whatever. So just for whatever that's worth. But uh, we today have English mm-hmm. as probably the global language of commerce and trade. And so we we don't think anything, like if you went to Germany, for example, uh, not knowing a word of German, you could probably get by or at least get to somewhere where you could get some help with just English Mm -hmm. because English is so commonly understood. But imagine there was a time when that was not the case. And I could start talking to you, and you would just look at me like I had lobsters like, crawling out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, help. So um, this, of course, was a time when there was only one language. Okay. So they're ma- undertaking this massive construction project, and it gets God's attention. And he says, we've got to stop this. Mm-hmm. Because if we let them go, nothing will be restrained from them, which they've imagined to do. So if it was just building a city, that's been done Hundreds of thousands of times yeah. over the centuries. What was so unique about this one that he had to stop it? They were building a tower. <clears throat> they were to reach heaven. Yep. Their aim was to get back to those fallen angels, mm-hmm. you know. So he says, God says, in verse 7, Go to, let us go down and there confound their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, which means confusion. 
because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. And it is at that point in history when God separated the people into nations and languages, Mm -hmm. which we know today. So now some of those nations don't exist anymore, but you get the idea. It was a unified global government trying to defy God. I am absolutely convinced that Agenda 2030 is trying to do the same thing. It's not new. Yeah. It's a rehashing of the Tower of Babel. It's a rehashing of whatever they were attempting to do, led by the God of this world or led by the forces of of evil. Mm -hmm. Um, We have talked in the past, Cena, about a person, a name you're going to remember when I bring it up in Ezekiel chapter 38. And that name is, uh, oops, that's the wrong chapter. It's chapter 31, excuse me. (laughs) I was like, I'm ready. You're ready, but I'm not. (laughs) I was not ready. Um, And it came to pass, Ezekiel 31, verse 1, in the 11th year, in the third month, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, the prophet Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Mm -hmm. You've heard of Pharaoh. Yes. And to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? So he's talking to a king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, but he says, who are you like? You think you're something, don't you? Well, let me tell you who you're like. And he says in verse 3, behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon. Now, we were recently talking about Apollyon. Yes. Remember the name? And that, that was a... Uh, basically a Nephilim that once lived and he died uh, and that spirit that was in him went down into the lower parts of the earth, but he's reappeared from time to time. And we looked at the different individuals he might have been a part of. He was in Pharaoh. Uh, That's right. And then he was in one of the 12 apostles. Yeah, Judas. That's right. Judas Iscariot. And there's been other men, probably Nebuchadnezzar and probably Sennacherib and maybe a few others. So, uh, but he's here, he originally was evidently the offspring of a human woman and a fallen angel. Uh Uh-huh. And he isn't given a name here. I, I believe he was probably, um, I'm sure he had a name at some point, and he might have been Apollyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been his original name. But uh, he was in Assyria, which is Babylon. Okay. Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a high, with a shadowing shroud and of a an high stature. And his top was among the thick boughs. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high. And her rivers running around about his plants and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field and his boughs were multiplied. Well, an Assyrian isn't a tree. Okay. So the trees are used to symbolize him, right? To symbolize his height. His height, his arrogance, his greatness. You know, trees are tall. Mm -hmm. So I believe the reason trees were being used to symbolize him is because he probably was a giant. He was a Nephilim. And he got lifted up. So he would have been, there could have been any number of these giants that were born to the daughters of men and the sons of God. But this is the guy that rose to the top. Mm -hmm. He might have been the conqueror. Uh, Nimrod was probably inhabited by his spirit. Okay. But this would have been way before Nimrod. In fact, this guy would have lived before the flood. 
Oh. In the time of Genesis 6. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets arrogant, he gets haughty, and he's a type and picture of the Antichrist, or in fact, the spirit of the Antichrist. He is that spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his boughs were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters when he shot forth. All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his boughs, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. And that's sort of an indication of how great his dominion was. Mm -hmm. He controlled all the nations. Whoa. It was a single unified government, like Agenda 2030 wants to do. We're not going to let that happen, though. Well, I think it's probably going to happen. We're not going to stop what's coming, but the Lord is going to stop it. Yeah. Before it gets too far, he's going to come back. So that's the good news. Um, This, though, shows you that if everything is united again, throughout history we see one person rises to be in control. The Assyrian here, Nimrod later, maybe Nebuchadnezzar after him, Pharaoh in type, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's never like, oh, we're all just going to get along in peace and harmony. There was a uh, song back in the late 70s, early 80s, called IGY and they were it's the chorus was like what a beautiful world this will be what a glorious time to be free and it was written from the perspective of a guy that grew up in the 50s during the cold war you know yeah and the space race and everything and he dreamed of a future where we were all going to get along and machines made decisions for us and basically it was this utopian dream like Agenda yeah. 2030 but uh it, it was written sort of sarcastically but it's a really cool song, you know. But he, he was saying, oh, we're going to uh, get your ticket to that wheel in space in the sky, you know. Yeah. And all this kind of thing. You'll fly from New York to Paris in under an hour and this kind of thing. Well, that would all be great if we did get along in peace and harmony and mm-hmm. share the coke together. But ultimately, somebody always has a sinister intent, and we know they're around. We know it's the satanic global elite. Yeah. Okay. So continuing on to wrap this part up. He says, the cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. Well, the garden of God is Eden. So we're talking about this was back in a time when Eden was still around. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fir trees were not like his boughs, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty, which is indicating that all the other giant Nephilim weren't as powerful and glorious as he was. I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Well, ultimately what happened was he was destroyed. And I won't read every bit of the verses, but he was ultimately destroyed by God in the flood. They were, they were all killed in the flood. If he's a type of, the, we see in the past, these types of global dominance, the Assyrian globally dominated, Nimrod and his country globally dominated, until the Lord intervened in both cases. The flood destroyed the world of the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Uh, Tower of Babel was, they were scattered abroad upon the face of the earth and divided. And there's another guy coming, which is the Antichrist, who wants to do the same thing. I would argue it's going to tie into Agenda 2030. And that possibly and very likely Agenda 2030 is his manipulating his human proxies to bring about another global government so that he can step in to be the leader to be the tyrant. So let's look in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. This is the very thing I'm going to be talking about tonight with George Norrie, hopefully. (laughs) 
And we've read this before, so you'll recognize some of the scene. Uh, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, mm-hmm. having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And isn't it interesting that those beasts, those animals, the leopard, the bear, the lion, and the dragon, are composites of the four different empires of Babylon, mm-hmm. Persia, Greece, and Rome. And they come together in this one, the final one. And it says, the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. That's Satan, the serpent. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And that has something to do with how he's going to be killed but rise again from the dead so that he will be worshipped by the world. Yes. What could occur that would cause the whole world to worship one man as God? Well, what if he rose from the dead? Yeah. And he claimed to be God, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And so, and um, all the world wondered at the beast after his deadly wound was healed. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Well, that question, what does that make you think of? Who is able to make war with him? What would you think about that person if if somebody asked you, who is able to make war with him? What would that cause you to think about his power? That it's very powerful. Yeah. And that God can make war with him. <laughs> yeah, and God would be able to make war and will mm-hmm. make war with him. But the idea is the world is saying this because who would dare go up against him? Yeah. What nation would ever attack him? So that means they're all going to fall in line. You know, we none dare oppose him. Mm-hmm. None dare take their army to try to defeat him because he would defeat them. So Verse 5, there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. That'll become important later. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So not only does he have power on the earth, and all the nations seem to bow down to him, and the world worships him, and we'll see later they take his mark, but he defies God himself. So the one who actually is able to make war with him, he's ready to fight. Yeah. He thinks he can win. Uh, Verse 7, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints. So the believers at that time, he's going to go after. Yeah. He's going to persecute and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Power over all nations. Wow. One world government. Mm -hmm. We're right back to the Assyrian, right back to Nimrod, right? And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb, a book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So this guy that's coming, maybe it's not this time. Maybe it's not Agenda 2030. But what if it is? You know, yeah. what if they're setting the stage for this man of sin, this mm-hmm. Antichrist? And we know that the world is going to join him because the Bible already prophesied that they would in the Psalms. We'll go to Psalm 2. And um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to do some edits for this because I forgot to mark when we started. <laughs> I'm planning this to be two parts. Okay. Uh, 
40 minutes. Okay. So I'll wrap this up because it's, you know, some of that 40 minutes was us goofing around. <laughs> <laughs> goofing around. <laughs> so um, Psalm 2 and verse 1 says, oh, well, <laughs> it might help if I turn it. <laughs> I tapped on it. I just didn't go there. How funny. Bless you. <laughs> That's a nice thing to put in the microphone, right? <laughs> So Psalm 2, verse 1 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. We've said, we talked about this before, and you might not remember it, but the word anointed in Greek is Christos. Jesus Christ, I do remember that word. Literally means anointed of God, mm-hmm. right? So, who is the Lord's anointed? Well, it's Jesus. Here's the kings of the earth and the rulers taking counsel together. So you can see it fulfilling exactly what he said that he's going to have power over the nations, and the nations are going to join him in battle against the Lord to blaspheme the God of heaven. And here's what they say: Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And that has something to do with the fact that God limits Satan's power. He can't just come down here and kill us. Yeah. He operates through human proxies. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in part two of this series. So they want to break away from God. They don't be restricted anymore. And they'll use humanity to do it. Well, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. So when they turn to think they can fight God, he's going to laugh at them. Yeah. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. What are they thinking? You know, <laughs> How can they possibly think they can survive? Uh, and, and here's what he says in, their, in his displeasure. No matter what you think you're doing, I promise this throne to my son. And here's how he words it. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. That's his anointed. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. He's going to be king of all the earth. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And that kind of gets back to what we've discussed before. And we're going to talk about a little bit more detail next week because we're going to do part two of Agenda 2030. And that is that we're going to see that God gave the earth to men. Yeah. Satan can't have it. Mm -hmm. He can only have it through his proxies. I believe Agenda 2030 is designed to take the wealth away from all the people so that it's in the hands of a few elite Mm -hmm. who are going to turn it over to this Assyrian, the Antichrist, in in order that he can be, he's going to be a hybrid Nephilim. He's going to be a a woman is going to conceive by Satan himself and have a child who will raise up to be this Antichrist. Yeah. And he will try to lay claim to the title of the earth. But he can't do that because God gave it to men and he's a hybrid. He's not real. But Jesus Christ, the reason why God had to send his son to be born of a woman is so that he would be born a man. He was fully God, but he was fully man Mm -hmm. because he physically died on a cross. Very true. And through his resurrection, he has not only redeemed humanity, but he can lay claim to the title of the earth. Because God promised it to him. 
the satanic global elite wants to try to cheat him out of that. And mm -hmm. that's what they're up to, I think, with Agenda 2030. So here's what's going to happen. He says in verse 9, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. When Jesus comes back, he's going to destroy the armies of the satanic global elite and the Antichrist. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. All the way back in Psalms, they, God warned these people, you better rethink this. Yeah. Because you get on the wrong side and you're going to be sorry. Very true. And Eva says in the last verse there, kiss the son, S-O-N, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So I can't emphasize enough how important it would be to put your trust in Christ. Even the satanic global elite, if you can find your way to see your error, yeah, your only hope is in Jesus Christ. And so, Zena, what we're going to do is next week, we're going to pick up right here where we left off, and we're going to do part two of Agenda 2030 and look at the sinister motive behind their, their uh, wealth confiscation oh, yeah. to bring about their agenda. Yeah. So thanks so much, folks, for being here today. <laughs> I totally looked over there. Oh, yeah, and that's your camera. Right? Like that. I was like, yeah. We're still getting used to our cameras. <laughs> we are, we are. So I do apologize for my mess up. But um, as always, guys, thank you so much for being here with us every week. Please subscribe, share, and like, and leave a comment down below for things that you would like us to talk about and something new that you've learned. Amen. And I forgot to mention at the beginning of the thing uh, today, we are almost at 50,000 subscribers. We're like 220-something people away from 50,000. Whoa. Yeah, so thank you all. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and thank you, Zena, for being a big, big part of that. <laughs> so till next week, we hope you have a great week, and thanks for listening. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.